Amen. Uh, we've come through our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Uh, I'm going to make an announcement that's not on the bulletin, so if you write it down. Uh, our homecoming is September the 10th, and our revival is going to be the 11th, 12th, and 13th. So let everybody know, come out, we're going to have wonderful music, we've got some wonderful speakers, and uh, uh, we're going to have a great meal on the 10th. Um, so it'll be a covered dish dinner, um, and if you've never been to one here, uh, you're in for a treat, because I'm going to tell you, these ladies can cook. And there'll be a table up against the wall over here that'll have all kind of desserts. You just... So, uh, I don't know how many chickens will be sacrificed, but there'll be plenty to eat. Uh, are there any other announcements? The men's group will meet the first Monday and the ladies will meet the first Yeah, yeah. the men's group will meet the first, uh, the first Monday of September and the ladies' group will meet the... The Tuesday at 6.30? 7. 7. 7. Men's at 6.30, ain't that right? 7 o'clock? We're somewhere in there. The men's 6.30, I believe. Uh, so, uh, praises and prayer requests. Updates on the prayer list. Uh, add uh, Donna Evans to the prayer list. Uh, she uh, broke a bone in her foot. So she said she was coming, but it was just swelled up, and so just pray for her. All right. She's going to be in a boot for four weeks. So, um, Karen Courtney uh, is uh, Robin's friend, and uh, she's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and hospice has already been called in. So pray for that family and her. Um, are there any others? Okay, good. Good. Any other? Just a couple of things more. Um, keep praying for Carol Black. You know, she be in prayer for Karen Courtney. She's got cancer. So okay. Right. She's already on the list. Right. Um, Roger and Ann. Right. Okay. Any other? Okay. Um, Kathleen niece. What's her name? Lauren. Lauren um, is struggling with the cancer and the chemotherapy. Um, so keep her in your prayers. Um, any other? Go ahead. Yeah, with our school year starting back up, just a love for everyone, please. Pray for a hedge protection for all our kids in the school system around us. And also pray that uh, for morality for yeah. our students and our schools. Yeah. Any other? Well, Kathleen said that Vince would also like to thank all the prayer warriors mm -hmm. that through their prayers and the 
Right. I forgot to put that part in there. Vince. Uh, Vince had a praise. He said he wanted to thank everybody here at Deep Creek, the Prayer Warriors, because he is clean, cancer-free. So keep him in your prayers. Any others? I'd like to ask for everybody to pray for the family of Donna Strawberry. She lost her battle with cancer about a week ago. And um, just an update on my friend Debbie that we have been praying for that had the stroke. Um, she's doing much better. Unfortunately, her father had a stroke uh, a couple of weeks ago, right after hers. Um, and physically he's okay but he's struggling um, mentally and um, I think we can just pray for strength for him okay and praise God for a beautiful morning yesterday I don't know if anybody went out and sat outside yesterday but it felt like fall it was 70 degrees outside at 8 o'clock yesterday morning and there was a breeze it was just beautiful Any other? Pray harder for days and pray for Nancy. Okay. Right. Any other? <coughs> Any praises? Just thankful for an opportunity to lift the Lord up this week. Amen. 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 David, you was going to? Uh, yeah, I got praise for uh, it's about our youth. Uh, we started that school. Uh, Lord bless us for good youth. Yeah. No doubt they're going to be good leaders. Yeah. We can tell them, say, hey, when they go back to school, they're going to be, we're going to be praying for them, but they're going to be youth warriors for Christ. Right. Amen. Um, and there's some, there's some books back here for these youth to take to school and pass out to their friends. Um, there's about 500. And some of your adults can take them too. Uh, it's called The Book of Life. And it's, the, uh, it's, it's designed for teenagers. So there's some adults we know that could really use that. Because um, we've never, we, and I, I include me, I've never advanced into the in past teenage years. Uh, Mentally, I have physically, but not mentally. Um, if you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm still a teenager <laughs> at heart. Um, and, and just pass them out and give them to somebody. It'll change their lives. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, I think the blessing to the school last week at um, Pines High School. Yeah. Amen. 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 
Any other? Go ahead. Ma'am, that's right. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had a conversation with a person this week, and they th said, "How long have you been at Deep Creek?" I said, seven years." Doesn't seem like it. Just doesn't see, time flies. Uh, I said, "The first night I came in." They were hugging each other. And uh, I know, I see Patrick back there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, they, and they were hugging each other. And seven years later, they're still hugging each other like they hadn't seen each other in forever. And that's unique in today's time. Because everybody and the way society is, is, is trying to separate people. And God gave us these senses to be used. And so, you know, if you hadn't been hugged, come to Deep Creek, you'll get hugged. If you haven't been loved on, come to Deep Creek. You're going to get loved on. Uh, walk in the door and, and people are going to ask you who you are, how you're doing, you know, what you do for a living, where you come from, because they generally care about you. And that is rare in churches today. I like to say that this church is the biggest kept secret in the county. Uh, we, we don't fuss and fight. We have, we have our little... We're a family, so you have little issues, but it's not, it's not devastating. It's not issues that causes uh, divide in the church. Uh, pretty, pretty unified. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? We had a good trip on Virginia. Yeah. One couple visited. Yeah. We came back safe. Yes, we did. God gave us traveling mercies up to Virginia and back, and. Uh, we seen a horrific accident, and uh, it was bad. So we were blessed that it wasn't us, and we prayed that, it was, that everybody survived. We don't know, but um, it was terrible. Uh, it happened right there where we could see it. So um, anyway, any other praises, prayer requests? Any other? All right, let's go. Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. Okay. All right, let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you that we're able to. <coughs> excuse me. That we're able to voice our our, our desires and our our concerns corporately before you so that we can corporately pray for you or these concerns to you and, and ask your petition and Lord that when we go home that we can individually continue to pray for these situations and watch you work for your kingdom Lord it's unique uh, it's a unique situation that you set up uh, 
that we have the ability to come before you, lay our petitions there, and watch you work. Not necessarily the way we want it done, but how you want it done at your timing, at your convenience, for your glory. Lord, we just love you. We stand in awe of the things that you do. We give you praise for the, for the answered prayers and the miraculous healings. And Lord, we just there's so much that we miss that we forget to praise you for. Today, Lord, let everything here be pleasing to you. May we honor you with our worship. May we honor you with this whole service. And then take these things that we learn, walk out into that world out there, and advance your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, if you please stand, I'll offer to you him. It is 473.
Well, once again, good morning. And if you have your Bibles, if you will turn to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. Um, I had a lot of conversations this week, and, uh, and I noticed that there was a lot of conversations going on on social media. And uh, there seems to be a, a, a consensus that it's not, it's not biblical, that there's multiple ways to go to heaven. You know, we've all talked about, we've heard many ways to heaven, all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't matter if, if you are a Christian uh, or if you're a Buddhist or if you're a Muslim, we're going to the same, not so. Not so. And so, uh, because of this, I decided that uh, through prayer that, you know, we need to understand that God has a paramount plan. He has a plan for us that is perfect. And there's nothing that we need to do about it other than read. Now, in chapter 4 uh, of, of the book of Acts, Paul and, and John, are, they get arrested. They're, they're preaching. Huh? I mean, yeah, Peter, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. It was Peter. Uh, I get them too mixed up because the majority of the New Testament is, is Paul. So I apologize. Thank you for correcting me. But Peter and uh, Peter and John are preaching, and uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes—they couldn't stand it, the Sanhedrin. And so they came and they came and and the, and the temple guards came and arrested them, and they took them uh, before Ananias and, and Caiaphas, and uh, and so they started questioning, and uh, and and so it gets down. He's going. They're giving their. They're, they're gospel. They're giving the gospel, and you know they allude to the to Jesus being the uh, the chief stone that that your builders rejected. You know uh, how they killed him, and uh, and then God raised him from the dead. In verse eleven, it says, "This was the stone which was set at not for uh, of your builders, which is come, has become the head of the corner." And so. Uh, and then he goes in verse 12. And verse 12 is where I want to focus. It said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this verse. I thank you for the whole Bible. But I thank you for this verse. It's you speaking to your disciples and they conveying the message to those who don't want to hear. Those who, who can't believe how exclusive you are. And how that can be fair. And we are trying, these men and, and people today are trying to rationalize this with, with human wisdom rather than spiritual wisdom. Lord, I love you. I ask you to open this up to us. Give me the ability, Lord, to be able to, to give this verse what it needs so that we can walk out and be satisfied and, and, and strengthened by the fact that we know where we're going to spend our eternity. And we can count upon you and your word because it never changes. Lord, I love you. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's three things in this verse that we need to understand. It's an exclusive plan. 
It is an exalted plan and it's an exact plan. No matter what we hear in society, no matter what we hear on the TV, no matter what these people are teaching our children in schools and in colleges, this plan is exclusive. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here, Peter and Jane, or John are telling the Sanhedrin, there's no other name under the sun by which men are saved. Christ Jesus. That's it. And so it's an exclusive plan. People can't get over it. When you tell somebody that there's only one way, uh, it, it, it upsets them. Think about this. Peter didn't just merely proclaim Jesus as a way of salvation, but as the only way of salvation. The idea that there's no salvation in any other is something that puts men ashamed. Some people are saying they can't believe it. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's a hard to accept for many people. But it's plainly stated. How many of you run across people or, or turn on the TV? Especially if you turn on the TV during the day, back in the day when they only had like four channels. And you were homesick from school or wherever. And you decided you're going to watch something in the middle of the day and they had all these little talk shows on. You know, uh, Maury Povich, all these people, whatever. Anyway, uh, and they'll have some guru on there telling you that, that this is the best way to get your life together and, and God wants you to do this and God wants you to do that. But never mention repentance and they never mention the work on the cross. Ever. And you have these great celebrities who are rich and travel the world and, and everywhere they go when they get there they open up their suitcase and they take this little jade fat man out and stick it on the counter and that's how they, they worship. They carry their God in a suitcase. That won't get you to heaven. That is a rock. And so, and the word, the world hates such statements. And if you want to be laughed at, or you want to be scorned, or you want to be persecuted, uh, uh, all you have to do is testify to this exclusive claim. Take a stand. Stand in public and say, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Repent. And watch what happens. You're going to have people coming out of the woodwork, man. That's not true. You can't make that statement. And then they come up. Because they have no factual basis to argue with. Well, you're a racist or you're a homophobe or, or you're a misogynist or whatever. Words that never existed 20 years ago. They're going to tell you these things. Because the claims of Christ are exclusive. And we live in a world that has been telling people for 40 years, if it feels good, do it. Your truth is not my truth. There is no absolute truth. Yes, there is. It's in black and white or red, depending on which chapter of the Bible you're in. Jesus makes the statement. Instinctively, we as men, and when I use the word man, I'm talking about the race, not just... just uh, men in general or women in general I'm talking about all of us 
They want to ask the question, isn't there some way that we can save, that I can save myself? If you could save yourself, there would be no need for Christ to have died on the cross. If you could save yourself, why haven't you done it already? If you could save yourself, why did you have to cry out for a Savior, for a Messiah? See, man is instinctively evil because of our forefather Adam. See, God put him in the perfect place. Him and Eve. Put him in a perfect place. God walked with them every evening in the cool of the day. Told them not to do two things. Not to eat from the tree of knowledge or the tree of life. Not to eat of the fruit of it. And along comes Satan. And he convinces them to do it. And the bad thing about it was, Adam sat there and listened to the whole soliloquy. And when she bit it, and she didn't die, he took a bite. That's when death entered the world. Because if you read on, it says that God had to clothe them because they were naked. Had to clothe them in furs or skins. So something died. Up until that point, nothing on earth had died. And we've been dying ever since. Is it Jesus just for those who can't save themselves? Have you ever heard that one? Jesus is for the weak who can't save themselves. No. Jesus is for the strong and the weak. Jesus is for those who know they can't save themselves. Jesus is for those who know that there's an alternative to heaven and they don't want to go there. If you're going to be rescued and if you're going to be made right with God, there's only one way to do it. Jesus is going to do it. If you're drowning in a river and you're going to be rescued, can you pull yourself out? And do you care who comes and pulls you out? Now I'm going to wait for the next one because I don't, I, don't, I don't like you. I'm going to wait for the next guy to come get me. Don't make sense, does it? It's irrational. If you're going to be saved and made right with God, Jesus is going to do it. That's it, period. See, it's exclusive. What did he say? He said, narrow is the way. Narrow is the path. It's like threading a camel through the eye of a needle. And that, we're not talking about a sewing needle. We're talking about a, there was a, a gate going into Jerusalem. It was called the needle. And it was low. And if a camel went through it with his stuff packed on, he had to get on his knees. And the camel had to crawl. That's why I said it's easier to do the, the opposite. Does this mean that everyone must make a personal decision for Jesus Christ? To be rescued from eternal peril? Yes. Yes. We have folks who are living today on their grandma's and grandpa's tradition. We have folks who are going to churches. <coughs> Excuse me. We have folks all across America going to churches that their grandparents started or their great-grandparents started. And because of their 
their, their heritage, their lineage, they accepted Christ in that church. Let me rephrase that. They walked down to the altar and they, they went through a procedure rather than accepting Christ. See, Christ is a personal relationship. It is a personal decision. And when you make it, it changes your life. Hopefully. If you're sitting here today and you've had a, a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've come to salvation, I'll, I'll about bet you $100, and I'm not a betting man, that you are not the same that you were the day you accepted Christ. If you followed the directions. If you listened to the Lord. And if it was a heartfelt change. But you're not the same person. You can't be. Because he may gave you a new heart. He gave you a new mind. He gave you a new desire. He calls you and then you get this desire. You can't, you're like a sponge. You can't get it fast enough. That's like, and I'm going to date myself. Any of you guys remember them flash cubes that was on the Instamatic camera? And, and pop, 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 pop. When I started studying God's word, it was pop, 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 pop. The light bulbs was going off and flashing. I was getting it. What about the infant who dies? We get those questions. What about the person who has never heard about Jesus Christ? What can we say to them? How do we answer them? We can say that God will deal with them fairly and justly. And those who are saved will be rescued by the work of Jesus. Don't on their behalf. Even if they lack a full knowledge of Jesus. But what about you? This is the great part. What about you? Have you heard and perhaps rejected the word of God or you're sitting here today and not sure what about you what about you where do you stand only you know this is between you and God only you know what is your walk with Christ like today I know we stumble and I know we fall and, and I know sometimes we get caught up in our everyday lives and we don't study the word like we should and uh, we don't go to the Lord in prayer like we should and, 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 and we do things and get, we get caught up in work or whatever and mash our fingers and words come out of our mouth that aren't pleasing to God. Do you ask for forgiveness right then? Or you just let it go and it builds up, builds up, builds up. When you pray, does it feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling? So what about you? Have you heard and have you perhaps rejected the Word of God? Have you rejected the path to salvation? That's something that only you can answer. If someone wishes to believe that all are saved and many roads lead to heaven, that one can take the best of all the faiths and blend them into one, that's fine. Believe so and bear the consequences. But please, please do not claim that this is teaching the Bible because it's not. The Bible is very clear. Neither is there salvation in any other 
For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Pretty explicit. Pretty exclusive. It's a heavenly plan. It is an eternal plan. It's an eternal plan. It's an eternal plan that God set out and it has been going on for our benefit for the last 2,020 some years. I don't know how much longer it's going to last. But we have a job to do. And our job is to share this information. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, we go down the Roman road. There's all kind of ways. But the main thing is, is you've got to strike up a relationship with somebody. And you have to be able to, to converse back and forth. You have to get past today's norm of being offended and be able to agree to disagree. See, they do these things in school and teach these little ones. They don't teach them rhetoric. They don't teach them how to converse with each other. And then they come home and the math that they're giving them today, he takes a PhD to figure out how to do it. The, the math that we grew up doing is not the way they do it. Um, all of that is designed to take the parents out of the equation. So that the child will seek the teacher for all information. That's what it's designed for. Common core math is terrible. I can read blueprints and I built houses and I can read schematics. I can't do common core math. I can do long division, but I can't do common core math. I can do long division, it takes five pages to put it down. So what about the gospel? What parts have you cherry picked? What parts have become common core to you that's impossible to delineate from false and truth? How are we supposed to defend the gospel if we don't know the gospel? How are we supposed to know if we've accepted Christ or rejected Christ if we don't know the Word of God? Have you, and if you've had that relationship, and if you've had that that moment where you came to Jesus and then after that they were like me they just they just okay brother and left you to your own devices so you really didn't get a chance to have somebody come and put their arm around you and walk you to maturity kind of had to figure it out on my own we need to make a vow here that we won't allow that to happen to anybody no matter where they are with their walk with Christ that we will come alongside of them that we will lift them up we will encourage them and we will take them to maturity because we're going to need them in the spiritual warfare that's going on today and see as long as they are um, infants or, or, or children in the walk they are useless on the battlefield. And there is a spiritual battle going on. All across this world. And it's so to the point that Satan and his minions aren't even hiding it. It's out in public. 
scares me sometimes. But I know that I'm covered in the blood of Christ. So, what about you? What about you? And these three points that I was making. What about you? Where do you stand? Do you believe it is an exclusive plan? And have you accepted the plan? Do you believe it's an exalted plan? That it's not going to change? That God created it. It's a divine plan. Do you believe it's an exact plan? There's exactly one way to come to heaven and to come to Christ. That's to repent. You know what repent is? That's when you tell the Lord, I'm not worthy to stand in your presence, Lord. I'm, I'm a sinner. I, I'm, I'm filthy. I'm dirty. I'm nasty. But Lord, I know that you're the only one who can heal and clean me. You're the only one who can change my outlook on life. You're the only one who can give me rest and peace in my troubled soul. You're the only one who can give me rest in my mind and my heart. You're the only one that can give me joy when everything around me is falling apart. You're the only one. And I can't live without you. I want to give you my life. Do with it as you see fit. Send me where you'll send me. Teach me what you'll teach me. Mold me as you mold me. I'm yours. You bought me on that cross. You paid for my sin. And then the question I asked was, Who am I? That the creator of the universe knows my name. Who am I? When you look at all this massive universe, I'm an insignificant speck. Yet, He knows me. He knows how many hairs is on my head. He knows how many teeth used to be in my mouth. He knows what I think. He knows what I care about. He loves me. He's counting on me to do certain things. Does he need me to do it? No. But he's counting on me to do them because he's called me to it. He's counting on you to do certain things. Each one of you have a gift. And God is counting on you in this exact plan, in this exclusive plan, in this exalted plan of salvation. He has a place for you and a job for you to do with your talents that only you can do. And don't think you showed up here at Deep Creek Baptist Church purely by, purely by just chance. God led you here for a reason. He led you here for a reason because there's a place here for you to do something for Him here with this group of believers at this time, in this place, in this town, in this county, in this state, in this country. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. This is not a social club. This is a worship service of the Most High God. We are children of God. We have accepted Christ and been grafted in. God loves us. We are brothers and sisters to Christ Almighty. 
Think about that. When, when, when the judgment happens, we're not going to be sitting in the audience. We're going to be standing on the dais. He told us, you will judge the world with me. We're going to judge the world. All the sin is going to be gone. So what part of this plan are you ready to execute? Or have you even started this plan? So what about you? You've heard the gospel. Have you accepted it? Or have you rejected it? Have you walked the fence? One leg in the church and the other leg in the world. Where do you stand today? That's a question that only you can ask. And I'm going to keep asking it. Some of us, including myself, we need to repent. Some of us, we need to ask God to stoke the flame again. And that's okay. He'll do that. Some of us need to ask God to accept us into His family. We haven't done that yet. Some of us just need to come and lay the burdens down that we've been dragging since we were saved. You're dragging them old suitcases full of the past. You can never change it. It's history. Bury it. Let the grass grow over it. I know it comes back in our, our mind. Oh, if I could do such and such over again. Well, you can't. And especially when somebody loses a family member we want to go through the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Well, I could have done this and I should have done that and I would have done this. But at the time, <coughs> you didn't know they were going to pass and you were okay with the decision you made at that time. Now that they passed, there's no need to change that decision. You were okay with it then. Don't put yourself through that. The coulda, shoulda, wouldas it's not going to help you move forward and grieve and, and grow. These things I'm telling you because I have walked that path. And it hinders your, your ability to process all of that grief. But there's going to be some grief that, uh, that's going to come one day if you don't accept this three-point plan that Christ put out. There's going to be some big grief for eternity for some. Because see, they still believe that all roads lead to heaven. They still believe that, that any deity you want to worship will get you there. They still want to reject the fact that Christ is exclusive. That He's the only way to heaven. They want to still believe that there's got to be some way for me to save myself, which is the equivalent to earning your way in there. Works will not get you there. The only thing that will get you there is a relationship with Jesus Christ, period. And so when I step down here, wherever you are in that pew, and if you feel the need to be prayed for, you come down. I will pray for you. If you feel the need to come down and pray for yourself here at the altar, you can do that. If you feel the need, don't fight it. If you feel the need to come to salvation, we'll do that too. 
And I promise you that if you come to salvation, the angels in heaven rejoice. All of them. They're singing and praising God. Because there's another one that's not going to hell. There's another one that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's it. That's the gospel. In a nutshell. And when you share it, talk to your friends and tell them what Christ has done for you. Each one of us has a gospel story. Mine is different than yours. And yours is different than mine and vice versa. Somebody out there needs to hear your story because they can relate. Share it. Share it. Share it. Even if they say, nah man, you crazy. And walk off, you planted the seed. Who knows? You may share your story and you might be the one that gets the water. Or you might even be blessed to be the one who gets the harvest. You don't know. You just don't know. So, what about you? Where are you at today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, what about us? Where are we at? Lord, have we, have we slid around and, 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 and have we murdered your word? Lord, have we forgot, get caught up in our daily lives and have we, have we just kind of pushed you over to the side? Have we been concentrating so much on, on other things that we forget you? Lord, has our, has our fire for you been diminished? Lord, have, is, have we not even accepted you? We've heard your word, but we haven't accepted it. And so as long as we haven't accepted it, Lord, we've rejected you. And maybe we've, we had an experience, but we're not sure. Today's the day. Today's the day. To call those souls home, Lord, to you so that they can walk out, be brought to maturity, and, and, and advance your kingdom. My prayer for today is, Lord, that no one leaves this building without their relationship with Christ being restored to whatever level it was. Only you know that. Lord, I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.